Welcome back, everyone, to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And first, we'd like to shout out our aunts, Aunt Corey and Aunt Sarah, for being listeners, but also for letting us borrow their uh, paid Zoom account. So now we can have unlimited uh recording and we don't have to cut and paste and it's just it's it's more convenient but we aren't making enough money to buy it ourselves so thank you to our aunts very true um today we are going to talk about we have we have yet to have an episode in which we acknowledge that ed donichelle is finally gone insert cheering that is exciting stuff right? Yes, very exciting. I'd say so. I mean, we wanted him gone for a long time. People were slightly afraid that maybe KOC was too soft or too nice or was going to give maybe Donichelle two full seasons. Um, But thankfully, it's not the case. And he is gone for good and probably will never coach again. As he should not. He was the worst defense coordinator in the world. He was. Um, but we'll talk about some potential defensive coordinator candidates, but I think mainly we'll talk about cap space. We'll try and explain it's definitely, I think it's like somewhat of a confusing, uh, part of the NFL system, but I am learning more each day as you kind of like understand how contracts work and the importance of having cap space. Um, because I think by in order, like, if you have good cap space, like positive cap space, then that puts you higher up the um, mark for, like, free agent signing is what I kind of understood. Like, if you're in, in the negatives or you're on the uh, the lower end, then I don't think you get – you're not as high up in terms of claiming free agents. Do I understand that correctly or no? We don't really claim free agents. So is it more just – enough space to sign free agents like yeah being able to offer the money okay and i know there's a big thing about june 1st is sort of the start of the new year in the nfl so it's making decisions on am i going to sign am i going to cut these players before june 1st and not save as much money but then i have that money to use towards free agency this season or cut them after june 1st and i can use that money to sign maybe draft picks or people later um, but free agency starts three months before, so that's why teams have to decide what they want to do with those players. I see. So would you say it's probably more beneficial to cut people pre-June 1st? Um, it really depends on if you want to be competitive that next year. You know, if you're the Chicago Bears and you have already this so much cap space, this and that, and you're still wanting to create more, I think it'd be dumb for them to cut those players before June 1st because they already have enough money to sign a bunch of guys this offseason. You can use that money you save for next offseason. I see. Okay. For the Vikings, though, if you're trying to be competitive, you'll want to figure out ways to get rid of those cap hits before free agency begins so you have that money to spend. Okay. That 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 definitely <clears throat> that makes more sense. Um, and then there's obviously the conversation of dead cap, which is, again, interesting. You, you are paying someone 
money to no longer be on their team, but you could be also saving money by, by making that decision. Like one example, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we can get right into it, but like Zadaria Smith, if we keep him straight up, we pay him $16 million. If we cut him, we pay him $3 million. So by doing that, we're saving essentially $13 million, but we're still having to pay him $3 million to not be on our team. Um, again, you could, you know, restructure <clears throat> his contract, but like, I feel like he's someone who we probably are all on the same page that he would be a pretty easy cut. Yeah. I, th- I think you got to get rid of him. Um, it's not a lot of dead cap. If you are to cut him pre June 1st, um, you'd end up saving close to like $13 million or something. Yep. That's what I just said. I'm pretty I'm sure. With like the post June first things, you can designate players like in March to be cut after June first. Um, so you're basically planning on like their money being freed up on June first. Like I think you can spend money even with those like Adam Thielen or like um Delvin Cook. If you cut them before June first, or it says like pre June first or whatever. You only save like maybe a million dollars, but if you do it after June first, but like either way, you're gonna spend the money that you plan on making from when you cut him. I'm not like following. I don't think does that make sense? I don't get it, but it's also I I'm still figuring it out. Um, I guess I thought it was more beneficial to cut people pre June 1st. Cause then you, like Hayes said, you are able to be more competitive with the free agents um, that begin, you know, months before, but you don't need the money when you're signing players. I don't think, I think you just need to be under the or above the cap limit in like August or something. Okay. Well, it looks like we need to do a little bit more research to completely understand how like, cap space work uh, uh, works but <clears throat> as was the right, case though then there'd be no point in cutting anyone before june 1st that yeah that's what i thought but i mean that might be right i have no idea but then there'd be then you would have an, a tremendous amount of money to spend in free agency mm-hmm. as of right now where we stand if you know nothing happens in terms of like we honor mm-hmm. everyone's contracts i believe we are currently uh, I had it written down somewhere. We are currently 24 million in the hole in terms of cap space. Have you guys seen a similar number or yeah. have you seen a different number? Okay. No, I, I see that. So again, with if if we do what we kind of agree in just the first suggestion we gave was cutting Zadaria Smith, that saves you 13 million, which already brings it down to now only 11 million in the hole and that's just one player right there so it shows like it's not like it's tough because obviously you, you you still lose him and you're still paying him money but you save half your cap by cutting one guy yeah he'll be he'll be cut before june 1st i think no matter what um, um right off the bat you save yeah 13 million dollars so there's yeah another it. guy that I think would will be tough to do, but I think also incredibly necessary. 
is cutting Eric Kendricks. He's another guy where if you pay him, you're paying him 11 million. If you cut him, you're only paying him about 2 million. So you're saving again, $9 million by cutting him, which already then brings you down. That's 22 million saved already by cutting those two linebackers. Granted, you know, now you have, or I guess, yeah, you have an inside linebacker that you're cutting and an outside linebacker that you're cutting, but um, you save almost all your cap, all your negative cap by cutting those two guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those are kind of the first, I don't want to say obvious, but somewhat obvious moves that you make just to free up a lot of space. Jordan Hicks, I think also. Yeah. Save four and a half million dollars by cutting him. There's your 24 mil, those three linebackers. But again, also <laughs> three linebackers. Smith. You the save about was, 11 to 12. But the thing with Smith is if you cut him before June 1st, you're paying him $12 million next year to not even be on the field. And that's that's where I think – You have to figure out a way to either – are you trading him or restructuring the contract? It's the same situation with Thielen where if you cut him before June 1st, you're paying him $14 million to not play for your team. So, And you're not going to get any trade value for Adam Thielen. So I think – Thielen, you're in a tough situation with Thielen because he wants out – and you don't know really. I don't really um, know if the Vikings would. What? We don't know that for sure. His wife is just talking stuff on social. He media. is hinting that he wants out. Assume His wife he wants is out. hinting that he wants out. He has not indicated anything that he wants out. There are rumors that he is wanting out. I did. I did some some research on Thielen, just in the sense of like. Let's go. Well, let's go the route that, um, yeah, he he feels he's being used incorrectly here. Um, I I think a, a move you make with him is he's not going to go anywhere and have the same level of, or, or he will not go anywhere and have the production that he is expecting him to have. You know. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He's going also not going to get the money he's 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 wanting to have. I, but I think someone says like the money's not really the case because again, like he's making mad bank with us. Um, I think it's the fact that he feels again, according to Caitlin Thielen and <clears throat> other rumors, he feels he is used incorrectly. But he still he still was our two our number two wide receiver. I don't think he's I I really don't think he's going to be much worse next year. I see another, you know, 60 catches, 600 to 700 receiving yards, which is you know, maybe him and KJ compete for the two sp- slot. Like Thielen's still going to get targets. I think you he's just not you, feared defensively anymore, I don't think. Sure. But I'm saying, like, you kind of use that as leverage. Like, he's either 33 now or going to be 33. Um, the only other two 30-year-old wide receivers that had any production last year, Devontae Adams, which, sorry, Thielen, you're not on Devontae Adams' level, and Tyler Lockett, which I would also say not on 
Uh, he's he's also three years younger, and he's not on uh, like Adam Thielen and Tyler Lockett are not the same wide receivers. Um, so that the the point I'm trying to make is he isn't going to see the production he ex- he believes he deserves anywhere else. I think. So why would you not just stay with the team that signed you and gave you a chance? You will continue to be seen as this like lovable favorite hometown hero. Take another, you know, restructure. Be okay with your role as being either a really, really good three or an average two. Um, and, and you're still competing for like division titles and, and playoff appearances. Like, to me, it makes no sense why he would want to go somewhere else. Yeah. You know? It, the, yeah, the only situation he's here is if you restructure the contract or Which cut him. No, nah, I know. I, nah, I, I think it's. You don't want to cut him. You can't. Well, even if you cut him, I'm just saying cut him post. You're still paying him $7 million to not be on your team, and he's not even worth $7 million if he was playing the whole season. So I think it's. I think you pay him six five. I thought if you cut him, you're saving six five, but you're still paying him thirteen. No, no, no. You're looking at it the other way because that that'd be great because then you'd cut Kirk Cousins' post because you'd be paying him zero dollars and saving thirty six million. Maybe you're saving zero and you're paying thirty six. Well, then, well, if that was the scenario, you'd be cutting everyone right now because you could only have to pay Adam Thielen $6 million next year and cut it and save $13 million. So his cap hit is like $19 million next year? Yep. If you cut him after June 1st, the dead money would be like $6,500,000, yep. and your cap savings would be $13 million, but the total cap savings would be like six. Eight six that six million eight hundred thousand because you're taking that dead money and Andrew is right yeah subtracting that from the cap savings because that's not what you're actually saving you're not saving thirteen million you're saving six because you're still paying him six so it's like you're not gonna cut him and then resign him because that'd just be wasting money restructure you're just pushing more money down the line which is why his cap number is so bad this year um. I mean, that's, that's what no we one's going to trade spring. anything for him. You're in a horrible position with him. Yeah. Same with a lot of these. I mean, Kendricks is an easy cut. Zedaria Smith is an easy cut. CJ Ham, love you. Easy cut. You yeah, save four, you save four million with by cutting him. Mm, you save more like two, two and a half. But okay. Cook, Jordan, easy cut. Jordan Hicks, another easy cut. cut. You save about three and a half. Um. So the way post June first ones work is it's spreading it out into two years, instead of cutting before it's you're taking most of it on this year if that makes sense. You're taking most of what? The, the cap hit. Cap hit. Okay. That does. Yeah, I just did the <clears throat> I did the little calculator thing that you had. But like I think I think you cap. can like say in March you plan on like releasing a player post June first, and then you're counting that the cap money you're saving into this next year's like cap situation mm-hmm. so i mean if you're cutting a player you're cutting them after june 1st and you're still and then you're 
using the money you know you have for this year on like other free agents. Yeah, if that makes sense. I see what you're saying. I, I don't know. I, I don't know any. Um, I don't really know much, but I just don't. I wouldn't under. I if the, I'm not saying that's wrong. I just don't understand why there'd be any po pre or post cut if teams could just push all that. And there'd be no cutting before. If that makes sense. Every team would cut all their players they need to after because they're going to be saving no more money doing that. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying, but I think I think it is. I think um, it's what you originally said Hayes which was you are able to be more competitive in the free agent like if you want to be competitive this season you're able to sign free agent players right away by cutting pre-June 1st because like the free agent market opens up I don't know when I think it's in March oh yeah April so I think that's and I know I guess Andrew said something about you don't pay them right away but that's why I said like I feel like you have to have cap space to then sign free agents whether whether okay. um this makes sense so they can use a june 1st designation on two players every off season in order to cut a player prior to the date and still get the cap benefits that come with it okay so you'd probably cut the i want to say so you'd be cutting people that you save the most right away, is what you're saying, or are you, so the designation is your your wanting. So like to... the like Delvin Cook would probably be one that you do post June first because you you save a lot. I feel like Thielen um, would be the other one. I don't know, because um, I'm trying to think. I think I think Zadarius doesn't really. I mean, you're either saving like ten or like thirteen, so that might be one you just do before June first. And then I think Harrison Smith could be it if you don't want to restructure him. Yeah, probably Smith. Losing like eight compared to making like 12. But then I don't know what you do with Thielen. Yeah. I think most likely what you do, what you should do is restructure Harrison Smith, keep him around, and you cut Thielen on one of the two, use Thielen as one of the two post-June 1st things. Save the six and a half with Thielen, save the eight or so with Cook. And there, right there, is fourteen million, and obviously some other cuts. C.J. Hams, Adarius Smith, but that's nice to know. That is nice to know. Good job looking that up. That's helpful. Um, I guess. I guess the other question would be, yeah, what is then the benefit of cutting pre June first? Because it sounds like you save more money. By cutting post June first, it just I think it just depends on like certain players' contracts. So like Kendricks is a guy you could cut before June first or try to trade him, and it doesn't really do anything for like between the two. Like you're still saving like eight million or however yeah. much it is. But then like with Delvin Cook, if you cut him or trade him before June first, you're paying like seven million and only getting like. A million back compared to post June first, which is like if you go on over the cap, it kind of um shows everything really, really well. And they even have a calculator that you can kind of mess around on. But like mm -hmm. another guy would be like, um who was that looking at? Oh, just like Brian O'Neill mm -hmm. is an easy restructure where you just push money down the line, but then you're clearing up like 10 million. Yep. And then you're probably going to extend TJ Hawkinson 
because that could save you like seven million because he's he's on his fifth year option, which has like it's basically just a large cap hit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's there, there's a lot of uh, tough decisions that the front office is going to have to make this year. Some people will say, obviously, it's not tough decisions if you just look at it from a business standpoint and production levels. But there, we do have to remember there are um, qualitative measurements of a player's ability, like what they bring to the table that is not just primary primarily numbers like the yeah but unmeasurable like, characteristics they, they play a factor though on a team without a doubt yeah i don't know if it's worth as much as a lot of these guys have been making but yeah and that's where you know that's why there's you know agents and contracts and negotiations and why it's not a decision that happens like within 24 hours but probably weeks sometimes even months down the road um but can someone explain to me what the 2025 void year means for Kirk Cousins contract? Because obviously, like, we have him through 20, the 2023 and the 2024 season, but then his 2025 season says void. We don't have him under contract for 2024. I thought we did. We're paying him in 2024. Oh, you're right. But he's not necessarily under contract. I don't know what the void year does. I'm pretty sure that's just another. And that way also to save is money. 2024 too. The base salary is void. So yeah, so we really only have him under contract for next year. And then if you extend, you could extend him, push more money down the line, <laughs> and then save up a lot of money because he's obviously a huge cap hit this year. Or you could just let it play out. Try to draft a quarterback. Yeah, have you, him sit. No matter and what, then, he is. And your then you'll save a bunch of money the next year because, yeah, because you, I, I just did it. You either lose, like, what was it? If you cut him, like, obviously you're not because he has a no trade cost. You can't trade him. If you are to, unless he accepts it. Yeah, but I don't see that. He has $48 million in dead money. So by cutting him, you don't save anything. You actually lose another $12 million. Because his cap hit is 36 Is that making sense? Yeah. You can just extend him. I thought you said you hated that idea, Hayes. You said you hated the idea of extending Kirk Cousins. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. His cat, his cat. What's what even is it? Thirty six. You extend him. That just, yeah, I don't even know how much that really saves you. It I don't know Twenty three million dollars to extend. Do you extend Daniil Hunter? I would. I think he he'd probably be your best bet at some type of draft capital. If you want, but then you have no edge rushers. Yeah, no, I, I know. You trade him, but I think you also, uh, yeah. I mean, it's... I don't think I honestly like. I don't think he's bad. Like, I think he. I mean, he still put up a decent year 
with a defense coordinator that rushed four most of the time. Like you, you're not your edge rushers aren't going to get a lot of sacks if you're just rushing four. Gives yeah. you no help, especially when your defense backs can't cover. No, like, no, I don't think he's bad either. I think is he worth? And he those still had eleven million? sacks or whatever. No, that's why you extend him. Okay. He is kind of in close to that prime. Like I'd say, he's still he's at the end of his prime. In terms, he's still of 28, 27. 29. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, better than ex- DJ Wanham. Yeah, you could extend him, maybe like give him like a. Th- three years so early 30s but then you're kind of having the same issue that you're currently having which is you have now old defensive guys with a huge cap hit i, I but just you have leave a lot his less contract alone what'd you say just leave his contract alone well what i heard on purple daily was that he would then not play like he would sit out because he would either want to be cut, traded, or have a extended contract. Is he allowed to have one year left on his contract or something? I believe so. But like, even if the Vikings trade him, they're losing money. Well, depends. What At you least can this get. year. Depends mm-hmm. what you can get as a as. Uh, I guess I would expect that you would. Yeah, you would lose money, but then you could potentially benefit by getting. I don't know what you could get for Daniel. Third maybe round, a, maybe. That's what Fourth. I was saying. I think you can get a third. I don't know. I don't know. Who to uh, who? The other tough one, or maybe not tough, but thought is uh, like Dalvin Cook. See ya. Could, well, okay, but could you get any type of draft capital for him fourth, fourth or a fifth round pick maybe would it be worth it a fifth round pick sure i don't know i did i don't know what that i guess yeah i would obviously verse cutting him yes it'd be worth it yeah um you're not going to get much more than that <clears throat> mm-hmm. um i think you could i know but i do think you could trade him yeah i so think a team trade him I think you're now done with Madison. You could maybe do what nope. you did with Brett. Huh? Get rid of Madison, bring in a new guy. Well, couldn't couldn't you have Matt couldn't you do with Madison what you did with Bradbury? Just not pick up his fifth year, but he's still on your team. Or is this his fifth no? Um you can fifth year options are only on first round picks. Oh, thank you. And you could like you couldn't, you have to do it the year before the contract expires. So he's literally going to be gone. Madison yeah. or yeah. Bradbury? Madison. I mean, yeah. Unless they <laughs> gave him, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I, I, you don't, I don't think t- in today's NFL, you should ever sign a, con- an NF, uh, a running back to a second contract. So future NFL running backs are just always going to have four year contracts, rookie contracts, and then they're done. Truly, wow! It's just you. You don't. You don't see running backs drafted in the first round anymore. They're just not valued as highly as they were. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, this is turning into such a pass-heavy uh, league. So I, I get your point. Where teams are hitting on quarterbacks constantly. Yeah. 
I mean, but the last two years, I wouldn't say. Also, wouldn't them. say constantly. Yeah, I wouldn't say constantly either. Hayes, I wrote it all down. I have it somewhere written here about how, in terms of high draft pick QBs, the success rate with just within the last five or six years is like 15%, 10%. 2018, Baker Mayfield. Would you say he's a successful franchise quarterback? I think he was given a crappy ride, to be honest with you. Yep. Number two, Sam Darnold. I, I truly think he could be a starter in this league. But oh, my six, gosh. I'm saying a success. Is he so far a successful franchise quarterback? He would be entering his sixth year. He's been on two of the most poverty franchises ever in the Over two. history. Here you go. You get Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a successful one. One for three. Josh Rosen. He's horrible. All right. One for four. This is kind of a tough one, but Lamar Jackson. He has won an MVP, so yes. Yeah. Okay. Questionable, I think, but that's no, not a question. Not even close. Kyler Murray, successful franchise yes. quarterback. Successful franchise quarterback. Okay, one rookie of the year. I don't agree with that. He at had all. the most incompetent head coach ever. He's, I think, maybe a 500 winning quarterback, and he will also be entering his fifth year. I don't think you can tie your horse to this next one, but knowing you, you probably will. Daniel Jones. Yes, you can. He made massive steps. 100%. If the Giants don't extend him, they're stupid. Joe Burrow, sure. You yes. can give it to him. Tua Tagle, tag, whatever his name is. 100%. Okay, bro. He literally missed like a quarter of the season, and he might be permanently done in the NFL with, his con- with, with brain damage. You have to look at talent. He no. is a very, very talented quarterback. And I'd say he's so good. is Kirk Cousins. Based on talent, he's not. Based on talent, he is a pocket quarterback. That's all he provides you. Justin Herbert, you can have. Yes. I don't even know who this one is. I don't. I just didn't write his first name. 2020 draft pick. Oh, Jordan Love. Can't say it yet because we haven't seen no, anything. He can't say it yet. He hasn't, he hasn't been given. Trevor Lawrence, sure. Trey Lance, no. You, you can't say that after a year. You can't say that yet, though. That's my point, though. In two years. Too early to tell. Zach Wilson, no. No, he's horrible. Justin Fields, no. You can't. Mac Jones, no. Justin yeah, Harrison, Fields you're just, just talking crazy right yards. now. Mac Jones won Rookie of the Year. Dude, you're naming these guys. These are starters in the NFL who have put up good numbers. Starters, but not, not, not. I think it's, it's nothing can be said that, oh, my gosh, these are the these are everything that you're asking for. And Kirk Cousins is? No, I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying he's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that we can't just assume that if you draft a quarterback, that's going to be your franchise guy for the next 15 years. 60% of those names my you point. just named are going to be guys in the league for the next 10 years. I can't wait to, to see. Can't wait to see. Okay. Because I don't think you can say the case about Baker May- Mayfield or Sam Darnold okay, or sure. Josh Get those- Rosen. Okay, I think it's too early to tell about Tua, especially this year with 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 the injuries. Um, I think it's too early can't to predict tell injuries. So we don't know a, about Jordan Love. Can't predict injuries. So saying drafting Tua Tagovailoa was a bad decision by the Dolphins that makes no never sense. said it was bad. I'm just saying we can't just assume that if you draft a, a quarterback in the first or second round that it's going to hit. That's my point. 
Tua would Tua will hit if he can. If keyword if you can't predict injuries. Agreed. I'm not predicting them. I'm saying I'm literally saying so far up oh, how to the is point. It? Baker Mayfield, it's not Josh a shoe Allen. In. Okay, you just named what four guys right there? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and who else? And Tua. Jordan which Love. Is ridiculous, to be honest with you. Jordan Love has not had a single opportunity yet. Zach Wilson. Horribly true. Um, I mean, with the also again with the exception of Josh Allen, Burrow. And the other guys are too early to tell. With the exception of Burrow and Josh Allen, none of the guys have done what you said you want you wanted quarterbacks to do, and that is to to win the important games and 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 be a Super Bowl contending team. A lot of that is less on the quarterback, more on the franchise. Like you can't just you can't say Trevor Lawrence had a Trevor Lawrence. He took a team that had gone the number one pick back-to-back years yeah. and took him to a division title. I think he will. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I didn't include him because if we're saying two years is too early to tell. Daniel Jones was finally given a competent head coach, and he showed what he can do. We'll see. Tyler Murray had Cliff Kingsbury. Bro, uh, sometimes, though, players need to get blamed in the same way that coaches get blamed. Think about, again, Kyler. I, if you look at Kyler Murray's stats, they're not, oh, my gosh, these are, I'm drooling over these numbers. Lamar Jackson has been consistently a top five quarterback when you take away his injuries. He misses time, sure. Justin Fields just ran for 1,400 yards with one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. And he kept them in games. Mac Jones, rookie of the year with a defensive head coach. We'll see. All I again, my biggest point is that I don't think we should just assume that drafting a quarterback you're going to hit. I think it's gonna have to draft one at some point. Sure, at some point. Maybe you can snag one of these non-elite people in a couple years when they are falling apart, and then you can really vouch for them to see if they are as good as you claim they are. Let's go back to talking about the draft capital, shall we? Draft capital. Or cap space. Um, Garrett Bradbury, do we sign him? No. No, nah, it's 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 gonna cost you too much money. So no. I could, wish they could have. Um, the top ten centers are making about like, I think I saw like twelve million is like the average out between one and ten. Um, if you could get Bradbury for like seven and a half, would you do it? No. All right. I'd think about it just because he is a first round pick and he showed significant improvement when he was healthy. And, and you're pretty, you're pretty close with an O line. So it'd be nice not to have to, to completely not start over, but kind of start over as with a center. And it showed how important having a center was when, when he was out. 
So I think if you can get him for le- for less than a top 10 center salary, I would consider it. Otherwise, free agents or you draft a third or fourth round guy to be your center. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Duke, Shelly, sign him. Yeah, sign him. That's an easy one. I don't know. Some people might say you can get something else, or maybe he's a, maybe it was just a Luke. Yeah. Uh, Pat P. You let him walk. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know what he he wasn't on the the over the cap calculator thing, or at least I missed him, so I don't know what he would. He's go at for. like the way bottom for some reason. I think it's wrong. Okay. They're no, making, he like, took a pretty small contract. Yeah, well, he'd be someone I would like to have back if possible, but I would agree that not a whole lot. He's not worth a whole lot. Um, other things you want to talk about relating to um, cap space. Otherwise, we can certainly talk about DC candidates. I don't really got much. Thielen has to go. Smith gone, Cook by Kendrick, Sia, Hicks. Talk to you soon. So now you're just resorting to cutting the entire team. So those, those you said five. earlier you'd consider restructuring Harry and Thielen. Oh, I like it. I, I think restructuring Harrison Smith. Yes, I was talking about Zedarius Clown Smith. Oh, pressures Smith. Well, you also but said Thielen, though. Smith. Again, you, you lose a lot of money by cutting him. No, that that that's what hurts a lot because you do lose a ton of money with him. But uh, and I don't want to pay him six and a half million dollars to not be on this team. Uh, that that one's tough. That one's all I'll have to think about. Andrew, Andrew you trade you him for a seventh? I don't know. Andrew, what? What do you think? What do we do with Thielen? Uh, you cut him because he is a terrible wide receiver. Good person. But, uh, I wouldn't also I wouldn't say terrible. He's old, slow, can't create separation. Yeah. Uh, and every time he gets tackled, he goes to the sideline, misses a couple plays. Um, he was almost top of the league in route percentage and uh bottom of the league when it comes to like yards per route. So what I want to see out of our wide receiver too is someone who takes a defender's eyes away from, away from Justin Jefferson. Thielen does not do that. At all. I think you have that in uh, Jalen Naylor. That is a joke of a thing. Maybe. You never know. Has one good game against third strings against Green Bay. Sorry, one good quarter. Sorry, one good half of a quarter. He played good against the – oh, did you say the Bears? No, I said the Packers. Oh. Well, Bears, he caught a couple more passes and yards as well. He had a He had a catch. That game. He was he was used more. Uh, I think he finished with better numbers than Jalen Rager. A blind bunny. Um, I guess last thing because I realized also his contract's done and he's a yeah. free agent. Greg the leg. See you ya. do not bring him back. There's no <laughs> bye chance. Bye. Good knowing you. So then, what do we do? Let's ruin another kicker's career by bringing them into Minnesota. If you bring him back, you at least have to bring one other person in. Yeah, sure. Agreed. And, like, make him actually compete. 
Uh, Mason Crosby is a free agent. Nope, I'll pass. Ro- Robbie Gold is a free agent. He'll resign with San Francisco. Matt Prater's a free agent. Nope, he's horrible. The other Greg the Leg Zerline is a free agent. Trash. Matt I'd rather Gay. go with a younger, younger kicker. Trash. Joey Sly for Washington, I think, was actually terrible this season, so I don't think a... I'd go his route. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think he was great. I was thinking. Brett Maher has become terrifying, so I don't think we go that route. He sucks. Kai Forbath. Is he still out there? Vikings let Kai Forbeth walk after he nailed a 54-yard field goal to tie the game. That one is a very interesting decision. To then bring in Daniel Carlson, give him two two weeks. Oh, what him. the heck? Now he's the best kicker in the league. Second best. Riley Patterson for the Jags is a free agent. Hold and on. we we actually picked him. He was a undrafted free agent that we signed in 2021 we cut him he played seven games with detroit a full season with jacksonville you could you could bring justin tucker onto this team and you would ruin his chance at making the hall of fame he would miss 100 kicks in a row this team sucks at kicking well then you brought dan bailey the most accurate kicker in the nfl onto this team and he was horrible. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. It's a good guy by the name of Gary Anderson who has forever cursed this franchise. So how do we break it? Do we need to do like a... I don't want to say it. What? How do we break it? (sighs) How do we break it? Well, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. That is a bit aggressive, but so we will not share that. But um, that is, I guess, an option. Or maybe just w- if it happens. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. Um, all right, let's talk some DC candidates before we close it out. The Vikings, I believe, have either contacted or interviewed three guys so far. Brian Flores, um, currently the linebackers coach for the Steelers. Uh, Sean Desi, Desai, Desai. Is he the Saints one? He's the Seahawks um, defensive assistant and associate or assistant head coach or something like that. I hate that. And then Ryan Nielsen is the Saints D-line. He's the one that got apparently a feature on the Vikings Instagram, which I don't understand why. Like they it's because they interviewed him. So he, I thought we interviewed the other two guys as well. We requested to interview them. Oh, but we haven't interviewed them yet. That would be it. Out of those three that we named, and then we can talk about other ones that you would like to see, where would you rank? Who you'd be, who'd you want as our new DC? Flores one, Seattle guy two, Saints guy three. Any elaboration? Um, Flores should be a head coach, let alone a defense coordinator. Oh, that thirty, that thirty-first ranked defense back in twenty nineteen was a was a real good one. And then, so his first year of coaching, sure. And then I love how he says years, that, and then he just walks away. Yeah, because he's dude. He just oh my gosh, is he annoying? <laughs> also, I don't think Flores has Flores has never been a defensive coordinator. 
Just so you so know. Let's bring him on to this defense. I don't know if that's true. He has not. He's he has never he, been a defense. He's player. only been like linebackers or assistant coaches, and and then he was obviously the either either two and a half years or three years with the Dolphins. Give me the Maybe Seattle guy one. Long. The Seattle guy has been a DC. The Chicago Bears, twenty twenty one, where they were sixth in the NFL in yards per game, third in the NFL in passing yards per game. 23rd in rushing and then 22nd in points allowed. So I don't totally understand how they were uh, a top 10 offense or a top 10 defense in yards per game, but then they were, you know, a bottom 10 defense in, in points allowed. So that part's a little scary, but probably field position. I bet they were just screwed over field position wise. And I was trying to do research if like maybe their special teams was horrible and they gave up a lot of like returns. Um, but I like that one. The fact that Sean, Desi of the Seahawks has been a DC just two years ago and, and saw success. He was working under Pete Carroll this year. He's one of the, he's a defensive mastermind. Um, and he, he took such a young defense in Seattle and made them really good. He was able to use, I think a couple of those guys are on their defense are rookie pro bowlers. So I, I, I'm going to put him one, two, I'll put Brian Flores and three, the Saints guy. I think I'd, I'd agree with that ranking his. Well, you guys are idiots. Well, looking at the resume of all three, um, also Ryan Nielsen has had the least amount of experience out of those three. Uh, he's the same. He's guy. third. Yeah, obviously. I'm just sharing. Um, again, you have a guy who obviously has head coaching experience with Flores, but then you have a guy who actually was a DC and a successful one uh, with the Bears. He was. I don't know why you're shaking your head. I don't know he what he's was talking. successful. But no, um, Flores. Flores did have those two years where he was fifteen in defense. That was, that was good. That was and he's like, I mean, Flores is obviously an exciting. It'd be a, a cool addition. Um, I I don't think he'd be bad. I mean, I think I literally put the Seahawks guy, and then like just underneath the. I don't get what I don't get what being a defense defensive Flores coordinator just bad, having that title. Great. I don't understand what having that title does for you. Think you need to run a defense experience it's it's you've uh, same reason why um typically it takes a while for rookie head coaches to get into a groove um i think being sort of the the leader of a defense being the head of a defense you kind of figure it out over time so would you, say over like, time. would you say like doing the defensive play calling for like a super bowl winning team has anything to do with anything or Sure, it definitely does. Bro, I'm literally saying Flores is a great pick. I'm just, I, I think that? the, the uh, Desi guys. Back so with the Patriots, he was the defensive play caller when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I, I, I bet Bill Belichick didn't do crap. Oh, I bet that guy, Bill, he's, a, he's an idiot. I bet he didn't do anything to help that defense. Just saying. Wait, Bill Belichick has won how many Super Bowls? Like eight? He's the greatest defensive head coach of all time. But no, Brian Flores <laughs> was doing everything. He also called plays while he was head coach in Miami, and they were top, top twelve defense. His two years, final two years there. But yeah, let's let's go with Sean Densey. He did great stuff with the Bears. He has dreadlocks, Maybe. Andrew. No, he doesn't. I know. I already looked up pictures of him. <laughs> um, Whatever. It's it it's, is what it is. Yeah, you guys I mean, make terrible points. 
No, as long as it's one of those two guys, or maybe if there's someone out there still that could I be. think if the whoever the head coach that get hired in Denver, if they fire their DC or just move on from him, that would be a good option. Who's the Denver Denver's DC? It's a hard name to say. Like Phil N or what? Or just like tough to say. Giro Evro? Evero? Giro Evero? Giro Evero. It looks like he also got interviewed by the Texans to be. Yeah, he's not going to get that job, though. Why? Why would anyone want that job? It'll probably be like D'Amico Ryan. Why would he want that? So he could transform the team? Hate how you say things sometimes. Or you could go to uh, Arizona where they're already playoff ready, but bro, no, they're no. not. Dan Quinn will go to Arizona. Sean Payton will go to Denver. <laughs> and Payton. Jeff Saturday will go to the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> That's horrible. All right. Well. Is that, do you think anything could any what are we awaiting like what kind of news are we awaiting like how soon do you think we'll pick a DC could it be a while um, do you think we if we you know record at the end of the week we might know no okay they um, always take long on this crap you might hear of like a second interview true yeah when did we know about KOC obviously it was you know it was probably late February it was March. end of January. Oh, okay. So we actually knew pretty quickly. Sort of, yeah. So we knew, I guess I'm blanking. We knew before the Super Bowl was held. Yeah, because Jim Harbaugh came, and then that same night that he declined, or we turned him down, technically, um, it was basically known that KOC would be the coach. Sweet, which I still love. Great pick. Yeah, no doubt. No regrets. Um. All right, final thoughts, final things wanting to be said. Let's do some um, salary cap research. Yep. And I would say Hayes looks like a dumbass today. <laughs> I just speak the facts. You really don't. You just say dumb stuff and then hope people freak out about it. Not dumb. Not dumb. Looks but like just I've definitely. What? Said he hopes people that I say stuff so that people can freak out. And I said, I, I believe I've accomplished that. <laughs> Your takes are uh, hot. Outrageous. We'll just say that. Outrageous. Smart. Hmm. Intellectual. Future general manager. Hayes, I think you also have to turn up your mic. Yeah. You're a little quiet. But then again, maybe that's a good thing. So. <laughs> All right, let's close what? out here. Uh, this is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. Sounds much better. Um, we'll be back probably next week. We'll be ce- I'll be celebrating uh, another listener's wedding this weekend. Shout out Lucas Mankey. You guys want to <laughs> wish him good luck? Good luck, buddy. Best of luck, little man. All right. Skull, baby. <laughs>